I'm Jeff, and you're listening to Intercom on Product Management. Episode two, how to improve your features. Let's talk about the Japanese word Kaizen. It's the philosophy of continuous improvement, and web businesses searching to find product market fit all follow some variation of Kaizen, whether they know it or not. Shipping code doesn't necessarily mean you're improving anything. On a similar note, you can make undeniable improvements to parts of your product and get no response or appreciation for it at all. It all comes down to the type of improvements you're making. The two most popular ways to improve a product are either to add new features or to improve existing ones. In this episode, we're going to focus on the latter. You can improve an existing feature in one of three different ways. First, you can make it better. That's a deliberate improvement. Second, you can change it so that customers use it more often. We call this a frequency improvement. And third, you can change a feature so that more people can use it, which we call an adoption improvement. Let's start with a look at deliberate improvements, those that make your features better. You first have to know why customers use an existing feature and what they appreciate about it. A deliberate improvement aims only to make a feature better in ways that current users will appreciate. These are things like making your product faster or easier to use or improving the design. You should make deliberate improvements when there is a feature that all of your customers use and like, and you see an opportunity to add significant value to it. It's worth noting that deliberately improving a well-adopted, frequently used feature is both high risk and high reward. As an example, think about improving the editor in a blogging platform. Get it right, and every single user gets to benefit every time they use it. Get it wrong, however, and you've broken the workflow of your entire user base. It's high risk, high reward. Now, let's turn our attention to frequency improvements. These improvements are made to get a customer to use the feature more often. Adding more items to an activity feed or more options to a search tool means that people will read the feed more often or use the search tool for more tasks each day. This type of improvement can turn a once a week feature into an everyday feature. LinkedIn is following a pattern explained by Nir Isle, a behavioral designer and author of the best-selling book, Hooked. Nir says habits are formed from a repeated pattern with four key elements. The first is the trigger. It's the reason the user goes to the product. For example, you received an email to say a contact has endorsed you for a skill. The second is the action, which a user takes in anticipation of the reward. This could be scrolling or a search. The third is the reward, which the user gets from taking their action. An example here would be seeing a beautiful Pinterest board. And the fourth is the investment the user makes. This plants the seed for more triggers, things like opting to subscribe, pin, like, connect, etc. As an example of the hook in action, Nier points to Pinterest. A user is triggered externally through emails or notifications, or they're triggered internally by boredom or a fear of losing content. This leads them to the action of logging in. The reward upon doing so? Seeing what a friend has posted or stumbling upon an interesting object. This leads to the user's investment, installing a pin it button, pinning or repinning something themselves, following a friend, or perhaps leaving a comment. Any of these investments will lead to another trigger down the line, and the cycle continues. As a product builder, you should use frequency improvements when there's a feature that the majority of your customers use infrequently, and you believe that using it more would be beneficial to them. 
it's worth considering how your business will profit from this type of increased frequency. For example, if Basecamp improved the frequency at which users create projects, they'll naturally profit because that's how their pricing works. But there are lots of easy ways to gamify or hack feature usage that will have no net benefit, and in some cases, actually damage the core product offering. For instance, LinkedIn's metrics for endorsements might improve significantly as a result of making it so easy for you to endorse your friends. But it's worth asking what price they've paid in credibility for such an improvement. Now, let's look at changes you'll make to a feature so that more people can use it. These are adoption improvements. Adoption improvements target those who currently don't use a feature. In order to get more people using it, one strategy is to rank and resolve the issues that are stopping them from doing so. This is where the five whys technique is genuinely useful. You might have a situation around users not using your reports feature. Why? They don't see the value. Why? They can't show it to their boss. Why? They can't get it into a suitably good format. Why? Because our export tools aren't good enough. And a final why? Because our API doesn't produce good data. If you ask why enough times, eventually you'll work it out and you'll get to the root cause of why customers aren't using your feature. Don't just talk to one customer because invariably things are more complicated than that. For instance, if no one is using your new reports feature, one customer simply might not be able to find it. Another customer thinks the UI is too confusing. A third says it has too many bugs. And a fourth, well, they just don't see the value in the feature. And there may be multiple reasons for why each of them might feel that way. If you look closely, you'll find these blocking patterns over and over again. And you can then use them to resolve key issues, the fundamental things that are actually blocking people from using all of your product. Use adoption improvements when there is an important feature that a good chunk of your users have yet to adopt, and you see some obvious integrations or changes that will make it easier for them to get on board. When planning adoption improvements, always consider improvements outside of the software as well. Sometimes it's not about how the feature is designed or built, it's about how it's explained. Often, users just need to know why or how to use a reporting feature, and in those cases, Better product marketing or better customer communication is how you solve it, not by tweaking the product itself. Of course, in addition to the deliberate frequency and adoption improvements you might make to a feature, there will be continuous improvements needed as well. In their early stages, startups have advantages over the incumbents. They're able to move quicker and adapt faster without much technical debt, legacy features, compatibility issues, or high-value customers restricting their movement. Sometimes, this speed and agility can cause startups to pivot like headless chickens, rather than focusing on improving their core product in meaningful ways. The product manager's challenge is twofold. First, they must find improvements that will benefit the business and its customers. Secondly, they have to ensure that these improvements don't get lost on a whiteboard somewhere and actually make it out the door. Because if there's one thing that's true for startup web products, it's this. If you're not shipping, you're dead. That said, you'll need to say no to the majority of things you're asked to ship, and we'll cover how to do just that in episode three. This was Intercom on Product Management.